Hello, this is this is something new. This is a first. This is well, I should say first of all, my name's Stu Whiffin, and I've I've recently been doing some some work with Reach Out uh, to Mental Health. And what I thought I would do is because of kind of my my thing is podcasting. So I said to Kirsty that I think it would be fun to have some Zoom hangouts. So maybe record them and just have a chat. And and the first one. Um, it's more of a test than anything, just to sort of see how it goes and, and to see what people uh, are interested in talking about. And so we played it safe on the first one um, because uh, the, the guests that uh, are here and willing to talk uh, is uh, is the boss, Kirsty, um, and um, mental health campaigner and podcaster, Nick Hogman. Hello. Hello. Um, and so just to give a little bit of background, today should be quite a nice chat because... Um, I've known Kirsty uh, probably 10 years or so through various kind of social circles and and her frequenting uh, the live music and nightclub that um, I'm involved with. Uh, and Nick is somebody that I've known 30 years and Nick and I have toured the country in bands together and have written songs together and whenever we do spend any time together it's generally talking about music and the emotional connection that we have with songs and with the songwriting process and with gigs and so I thought it'd make for a nice easy chat just to sort of talk about well firstly our kind of our relationship with music um so Kirst do you want to Tell us, you know, how you describe your relationship with music. My relationship with music. Um, I think it goes back as, as far back as I can remember. So my mum raised me on a mixture, no judgment now, of Terence Trent Darby, mm -hmm. Barry Manilow and Guns N' Roses. Um, so, yeah, I've had a bit of a diverse musical upbringing, but... There was always music in the house. Music is a huge lifeline for me. Um, so was there music on at home growing up a lot? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we weren't like the Von Trapp family or anything. So it was mm. always just, you know, records on or, um, or, or the radio that was always on. Um, but yeah, the house, the house was always filled with music. Um, and... Yeah, I, th I think even now it's, I mean, you know, particularly for lockdown with the fact that there has been no live music that you can actually go to and enjoy, that was a huge issue for me um, because it's not just about listening to music. It's the whole kind of um, communion that you have with other people that go to gigs um, as well as obviously the performers that are on stage that you're there to see as well. Um, and not having that for a year or, yeah, let's say a year was really, really crippling, I'd say, for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, got, I've got quite a diverse taste in music. I mean, I am, this is going to shock you now, Stu, but I am a massive garage girl. Mm. <laughs> Do love a garage. <laughs> it's really weird right it's it's the one music and i understand that it's so english as well um 
and it's got such a definitive sound. I can't get on with it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, like, I've been doing music with uh, my friend Warren and um, he adds elements of garage to it and I don't mind it um, put into a kind of a more a context that I can get along with. Uh, but I am a complete snob. I, I can't bear any kind of dance type music at all. Uh, not at all. What I found interesting there, Kirsty, was um, that your mum listened to Guns N' Roses, which just made me feel really old. <laughs> Why? I, I listened to Guns N' Roses. My parents certainly didn't. My parents listened to the Carpenters, and that's like it, <laughs> all they listened to. <laughs> yeah, as I say, it was, it, yeah, a huge mixture. Um I mean, actually, I, there was a song that came on the radio yesterday and it really reminded me of when I was a kid living at home. It was uh, Brian Adams and Tina Turner, Tina Turner, It's Only Love. Yeah. That was a brilliant record. And that, how did that, that, make, how did that make you feel? Um, nostalgic. In a good way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, um, yeah, really warm. As soon as it came on, like my daughter was in the car and I was like, oh, Nanny loves this song, blaring it and pretending I was Tina Turner and she's kind of dying in the seat next to me of embarrassment. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, huge, huge range of different um, music going on in the household. Yeah, nice and eclectic. The garage thing, you have my brother to blame. Uh, there's a certain generation of people that, you know, think that's the greatest music ever made. And it, it was the soundtrack of their, their formative years. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not snobby on it. I get it why people have that kind of, no, that was what I listened to in these years, which are some of the, I guess, what can kind of be some of the most fun years uh, of your teens and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I just, just something sonically about it. I just don't like and 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 you know that's good it's good that like people like stuff and other people don't and that's what that's what makes life interesting but um so Nick explain a little if you had to sort of try and 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 keep it to you know a few minutes how would you describe your relationship with music um it sounds really stupid, but I suppose it's everything, really. Um, like, every every bit of me, like, everything I like is pretty much linked to music. Um, pretty much most things that I do are linked to music in some way, shape or form. Uh, like, just even if it's, like, learning to play guitar was one of the best things I ever did, and I play every day. Um, and... And yeah, you know, like you said, that a lot of my best experiences have been like playing in bands or seeing bands. It's still like, you know, if I go and watch a band, it's like, it feels like a proper night out. So, um, yeah, it's intrinsic in everything I do, really. I think um, there, there's something in them formative years that with, with music, I think that can really be important aside from just the, the the music itself, but just in insofar as finding your tribe and finding like-minded people. And then I think once you've found that and you've got 
maybe not so much at school. Maybe that happens at college. It certainly was the case for me with, with that. I met Nick at college. Um, and oh, so we've met before, haven't we, obviously? But we 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 hung we we started hanging out at college and and it was music that made us hang out. It was the fact that we all had band t-shirts on and ripped jeans and shorts and long hair and and you gravitated towards each other and and not to not to any you know there was nothing derogatory against those that wasn't like us it was a pretty happy place I think around then and and I think that meant that all of a sudden that dictated where we socialized you know we went to different clubs we went to different pubs and you know we'd go to gigs and it dictated how we dressed and 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 maybe you know our attitudes and our politics uh and our our creative kind of you know output you know that changed all of a sudden we was in a band so we wrote songs and and you know we was learning instruments and things like that I, I do think that music can can be so much more than just that that sort of sonic experience I think as it really can sort of filter out and 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 have a, a pivotal part in the direction of your life it certainly has been for for me and a lot of my friends yeah yeah I agree with that um it's very true I think even now um most of my friends really come from some element of like even if it was like meeting years ago because we all like like the same music mm. uh like that even kind of applies now you know like if you're at work and you talk to someone who you've never met before uh and then they say they like a band you like you're like well we're mates now then mm. you know like it's instantly we've crossed that threshold it's a connection something yeah we can connect over something and i guess like music um is one of those things that i think that like often that's why I don't really like more dancey music because um, uh, it hasn't, it doesn't appear to me to have the same depth, you know. Like um, so, and the thing is, music for me is all about depth. You know, there's, there's always a lot more going on than just the, the surface. And um, I think that's why I've never really liked dancing, like music that's more dance related because it hasn't got that depth and it is just to um, to dance to. And I've never really been that interested in dancing, although I used to throw some shapes many moons ago. Um, but yeah, I suppose it is about depth and um, it connects on lots of levels, doesn't it? Which is kind of, that's important to me. That shit's important to me. Do you think, do you think that music dictates your mood or do you think your mood would dictate the choice of music that you'd listen to um both let, think... let, let, let me explain that a little a little more insofar as let's say uh this evening you know you we finished this chat and and you're feeling i don't know you, feel, you you're feeling low do you do you but i'm listening to both of you do you do you like reach for no pun intended, reach for the stars. Do you do you go and grab the best of S Club 7 and, and just have something on one surface level, disposable fun pop to kind of just try and lift your mood? Or do you reach for Spiritualized and Nick Drake and it and and like and, and embrace you know your feelings wallow, and yeah. wallow and, and 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 process it a little bit and 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 try and you know. Yeah. understand it a little bit and soundtrack it for want of a more crass kind of 
Yeah, uh, actually, that's a really good good mm-hmm. way of putting it. Soundtracking it often is quite that's quite a good way of putting it. I think. Um, for me personally, I um, I am trying to, as I kind of recover from my mental health issues, I tend to I try not to um, wallow. You know, to go, I try not to listen to those sad songs as much because they are always my favourite songs. And I do try and listen to things that might be a bit more upbeat, but my upbeat is probably a lot darker than most. But I do actually, I am kind of quite conscious of that now, of how sometimes the music I listen to um, has has just fed into the, like the crap that's in my head. Um, so actually, yeah, I try not to do that so much now. What about you, Kirst? It's really difficult. Um, I think it goes either way. So um, I think it can really depend on the situation. So um, if I'm feeling, uh, I don't know, if I'm going into a situation that I'm feeling really nervous about and really anxious about, and I need to have like something to really kind of chivvy me up and bolster me up and make me feel powerful and confident and la la la. Um, then I'll put on, you know, a, a certain track or, you know, uh, play a what, certain What, what is it? What, uh, no, 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 I'm not saying there is a particular song, but I might. What would I do? Um, Deftones probably for that. Yeah, that'd do it. Yeah. I, I listen to uh, Oasis and I, and I go, I'm Liam. I'm Take On The World. I'm 10 feet tall. That's what I do. <laughs> and it really works for me. Like, come on. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm doing. Maybe I'm channeling Chino. Who knows? Um, um, I think other times. So I mean, I I love K Tempest. I've actually listened to um, Traps and Lessons on the way back from Colchester tonight. Actually, um, K Tempest is my my uh, when I'm on the train music. Whenever I'm on the train, I put my headphones on, listen K Tempest. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I've got it too. Good. I'm gonna try and find it. Where is it? Yeah, I can't find it, it, but I've got it. It's, it's really clever. Did you really, listen to really the clever. interview that they did with them? Um, oh, they did a. Oh, I don't know what you call it. Well, I suppose it was an interview um, at the South Bank. It was in conjunction with the release of the book. Did you hear it? No, no. Ah, oh, bugger. I don't think I don't think I've still got the link. I don't think they'll still be playing it anyway. Um, but other times, yeah, I mean, people's faces, that is, if I'm feeling really, really rotten, I'll play that because it is, for me, that is uplifting and... Um, it's both. It's up and down in is, one record. Is. I was going to say it's uplifting and crushing, um, but I think crushing is too strong a word. It's... Um, Levelling. It's a leveller, absolutely. It's a leveller, yeah, yeah, absolutely just smacks you in the face and um makes you kind of sit with whatever it is that you're that you're in i suppose um but yeah whether or not i'll play a song to match my mood or i'll hear a song and then that i think more often than not it's i'll play a song to match my mood um it's not very often that i'll hear a song that will then bring me down or bring me up unless i'm listening to history and then it's just up and up and up, baby. <laughs> That's probably the, the, the root of the most arguments in my car history. Yeah. Is that with your daughters or your wife? All of them. All of them. <laughs> I'm like so, 
disappointed when I I think I saw Carol one time and she she was in the car with the roof down listening to Kistory and I'm like, what's going on? Mm. Like I like she was one of the people who got me into Guns and Roses. Mm. So it's I, all right. It's all right. On? I had one of the most emotional moments of my life um about three weeks ago. Oh yeah. And uh I think I told you, didn't I, Kurt? Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. And uh, my youngest, who's uh, just gone to college, uh, went to me, hmm, do you know what? I think I like, there is a light that never goes out more than this charming man. And I just thought... Oh. No, I'm, it was my favourite song, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, my yeah, yeah, song. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is, this is too much. This is powerful shit that's happening right now. She, she likes the Smiths. <laughs> if, if, if she turns into a crackhead later on, it's okay. Like it's all good. Sort of, it's all good. Yeah. We've had that moment. Exactly. We've had that moment. <laughs> is, uh, I suppose the, like this kind of topic is like the Smiths is quite um, mm. divisive in that way. Um, like I've been, I used to hate the Smiths, didn't I? I used to hate Morrissey. Now I've, I'm quite obsessed with them. And, it's um, quite strange because, I, I mean, just to give some context to that there, how much Nick would moan about the Smiths. When uh, he would come to my club, uh, the minute the door opened and he walked in, whatever was playing, I would stop and I would put the Smiths on. Uh, really, legit, wouldn't I? Like every week, yeah, as soon as you yeah. turned up, we would put the Smiths on. Uh, yeah, just to uh, just to annoy her because that's kind of what mates do at that age, right? It just yeah, you know, no, be as horrible to each other as possible. I hated them then, and. Um... And it has only been like over the past few years that I've kind of really found myself connecting to the lyrics, really. I never really did that much um, when I was younger. Um, not even like when I got well into Morrissey and the Smiths, I wasn't massively listening to the lyrics. Um, but I do now. There's one song called Life is a Pigsty, and I absolutely love it. It's one of my favourite Morrissey songs. Um, and it, it it's kind of... Uh, he's saying basically life's a pigsty and there's a bit when he's going he feels too warm and then he feels too cool again and I'm just like what a metaphor for life you know like if you view it like oh I'm too hot and I'm oh I'm too cold like yeah life will be a pigsty for you mm. uh, and it, it kind of rang true for me because I thought yeah I can get like that mm. I can I can really get like that uh, and actually I don't want to be Morrissey, because Morrissey seems pretty miserable to me. He's pretty Adelaide. much not the sort of person anyone wants to be right now. He's, no. uh, he's 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 kind of blown us all away, really, and and become everything that he wasn't. I imagine you know you want him to be the the there fighting for the underdog and and, yeah. and the weird and wonderful and the confused and and he's just yeah said a few very very surreal and uh, and unpleasant things. But um, so with with live music as well, um, I find something, when I was on your podcast, Nick, I, I, I did talk loosely about um, when we, you know, we, we were speaking about, I guess, lads and, and lads. and point, uh, actually. You know, uh, it made me reflect on my views on a lot of those things. So, I mean, not, you know, it was just uh, basically talking about that, that kind of connection that people like being in a crowd. And, and I, I compared lads going and watching football and singing football songs, which is not me and it's not something that I enjoy or whatever want to be part of, but I can see the connection between that 
mm. and me being at a concert and screaming a concert. these. All right, granddad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, being being a you know a, a gig and uh, and <laughs> and singing you know at the top of my voice with because I personally don't think there's anything more moving or powerful in music than hearing a crowd sing that will slay me and I've got this weird thing I do that if I'm feeling low I my way of immersing that and giving that a cuddle for a bit is I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch songs Bizarre songs that I wouldn't even like. I, I will search different variants of Coldplay's "Fix You" live because I know that at certain points there's moments in oh. that song that will give me goosebumps and will make my bottom lip tremble. Yeah. And and I can get that from something as euphoric as "Common People" by Pulp. I can't get past the full version with the "You'll never understand how it feels to live your life with no meaning or control and nowhere left to go." Like that. Lies. I've just given myself goosebumps yeah. uh, saying that. Like that just busts me. And when you hear crowds sing that, and even like if I watch Glastonbury and I've had a couple of glasses of wine and it's even something, a band I'm not into, when you hear the roar of a crowd singing something back, like in unison, that does something. I don't know if it does for you. As I say, how, why do you think that is? Do you think that comes from you being a performer? And so you're kind of reflecting um, what the performer is feeling, having your lyrics sung back to you. I mean, that never happened. Um, <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's why. You're like, why didn't it happen? Why? <laughs> but, but the thing is, I've been in lots of crowds singing mm. and it's not had really that effect on me. But mm. when I see it, like on TV, it does. Mm. It's really weird. Um but yeah, like when when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't necessarily have that effect on me. Um, but I mean, we I remember when we saw, uh, you know, and, and and obviously a very kind of heavy and weighty band. Me and me and Nick went to see Radiohead um, at Hackney Park years ago, wasn't it? It was when not OK Computer. It was when it was when they brought out Kid A. Kid A, yeah, and and we went to see them, and I think when they it was either street spirit or fake plastic trees, but I think we was all having a having a little bottom lip wobble then, weren't we? It was quite quite powerful stuff. I remember seeing them at Glastonbury and they started playing fake plastic trees, and when it all kicked off, it was like, oh, it's amazing! It was absolutely amazing. Um, I, I get those feelings. Uh, like I've been in crowds when everyone's singing along and like. I, I remember watching Verve and crying my eyes out for virtually all of it. Um, and, yeah, when I watch it on TV now, uh, it is more, oh, I wish that was me playing. Wouldn't then anything else, really. Um, but I, I totally, yeah, I connect with that kind of emotional impact of it because it is, um, it is something else. And it is, like you say, it, it's not, it is a bit like, I never really made that, con that connection to, um, like, football crowd singing Sunshine and Leaf which you, you played to me and you're like yeah actually it's all about connection isn't it mm. and um, in many ways like, that's what music is about isn't it, it you, you either connect to other people or you can connect to something at that given time mm. uh, that you kind of need to 
Mm. You know, it often it will give you what you need. Um, so it's all about connection, isn't it? That's Completely. That's what it mm-hmm. is. And I can't, I can't recommend people. Uh, I can't recommend this enough to go and uh, YouTube the Proclaimers doing Sunshine on Leaf at Tea in the Park about four years ago. That that's some some pretty weighty stuff, and it's beautiful. Oh, wow. Um, what's your last? I'll start with you first, Kirst. What's your relationship with nostalgia? Oh, um. Yeah, is it a big I'm part good. of of is mm. it... yeah huge huge um i think it's and again music is a massive part of that so there's there's albums that i just cannot listen to or every now and again i'll kind of i've got to be in the right headspace and then i'll treat myself and i'll listen to it because it will absolutely transport me back to a time and a place and smells and the whole shebang so and good if, isn't it? if i play it too much i'll lose that yeah. So there's only certain times that I'll play it. So for argument's sake, oh, and I heard it on the radio in the car. Oh, a couple of years ago, I nearly crashed the fucking car. Um, sorry, swearing. Um, Incubus, wish you were here. Mm. I was just, yeah, absolutely just knocked me off my feet. Um, yeah, I find I find nostalgia really painful. Um, I don't. I can't remember really hearing songs and going, oh, do you remember this? And thinking, oh, wasn't that great? And wasn't that lovely? And, oh, I'm so lucky to have experienced that. It's always, why? Why can't I be there now? Oh, my God, life was so simple then. It's just kind of <laughs> harping back to those times. Um, yeah, it's not something that I enjoy massively. Do you think, Nick, is something that should be kind of, you know, a, a, a limit to it by... Uh, only so much and there should be a lot said for looking forwards and not not so much backwards do you think there's a balance to be had there yeah there's a balance to be had uh like i only really listen to old i don't really listen to anything new i listen to stuff that i listened to when i was like 18 really you know like from when i was younger um and um there's stuff i, I don't listen to because it the nostalgia is like it, it's painful, um, and then there's other stuff I listen to. It's like kind of lifts me up, and it's lovely to remember. Um, so yeah, I think it's a double-edged sword, mm. really. Uh, I, I do kind of get like you know when um, you know like people get excited to take that back together and they're doing the tour and they're you know and there's a big cash in on it, like all that kind of stuff gets annoys me. <laughs> Um, but we've we've been to them gigs. Not take that, but we've been and watched Jane's Addiction, the Lemonheads, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we've gone back and we've revisited and yeah. the Pixies, and we've gone and yeah, to them. When, when arguably they're cashing in yeah. um, on their moment, it's just a, a, a different level. And I think yeah, when and and I, and I always find that quite interesting. That if I ever in, you know uh, on, on my music podcast chat to artists that are maybe not going to experience a, a peak that they've peaked, like say within the nineties or something like that. And I asked them about their relationship with nostalgia and doing them sorts of tours It's a really kind of mixed bag of answers. You know, I, I spoke to, to, to Mark Morris at the blue tones and he, uh, he was, he said, no, he can't stand it. Mm. And, but 
he was, I guess he's still making music on his own, but then the Blue Tones are doing greatest hits tours and things like that. Funnily so, enough, funnily enough, I went what like um, uh, at the end of August and saw them do their uh, first album. There you go, <laughs> and it was, um, it was brilliant, it really was brilliant. And he does seem a little bit embarrassed, like he was almost mm. kind of, um, he was talking it all down. And uh, being very kind of tongue in cheek about it, and almost sport it really. Um, but before then was sleeper, and that was terrible. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no, I, that was complete nostalgia um, because I'd never heard them play that album, you know. So I was buzzing. I absolutely loved it, and I was singing all the way through it. Um, see, I, I think I find that strange when. You go and see a band and they don't play yeah. the hits. They don't play. If you go and see you two and they don't play We Were Without You, you're coming mm. home pissed off, aren't you? Mm. It's like you want you want them them hits. And you know, I've seen Madonna where she's played like three hits and the rest was a new album, and it was one of the worst things I'd ever seen. And it was like, you know, in I grew up as a as a child in the 80s and you know, and, and 90s, and Madonna was was the queen of pop and I wanted to hear Vogue. I wanted it. She did play Vogue. Um, but I wanted to hear all the hits and she's got about 50. Like, mm. but yeah. It's and I find that arrogant, doesn't it? It comes, um, it smacks of that. Yeah. It's like, hold on, I've got a new album now. I remember seeing pumpkins uh, and they, they basically, they hadn't even released melancholy and they basically played melancholy. And I was just so gutted because I didn't play anything off of like Simon's Dream. And um, and like, yeah, I think I think you have to kind of serve your audience to some extent, don't you? You know, give people a bit of what they want at least. Mm. Otherwise, it, yeah, it just comes across as really arrogant. And um, so, so songs that you, you you kind of put in a box and don't necessarily listen to are that is that because they're symbolic of sort of relationships and you know moments in your life. Yeah, normally, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. And I think that's another reason why um, garage music seems to be a bit of a safe bet for me, um, because I don't associate garage with anyone or any particular time and place. Um, it does seem to be quite a neutral, literally, just Kirsty to jump around and act like a bit of a tit for a while. Um, yeah. And that's always good, right? Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Please play some garage at the brush. Never going to happen. <laughs> oh god! Well, I, I think um, I, I, when when you first sort of said that, Nick, there's songs, and, and you said it as well, because there's songs that you know you choose not to sort of listen to, and and I don't, I don't think I have any. And I was thinking I must have some, but I know the songs that were symbolic of my first time I had my heart broken, and 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 all of them moments, and. I don't know. I can't think of one that, and 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 probably what the song that reminds me of my first ever heartbreak is 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 a song that I probably listen to at least twice a week now, and mm. and it's not. And my relationship with it is completely different now. Um, there probably was a period of time that I didn't want to hear it, um, but now I just find it, you know, and I can't wait to tell people about it. Like this song, it's it's amazing. And what you know, is it? What is it? What is it? It's just a cover version. It's just the Sundays doing a cover of the Stones' "Wild Horses," and it's it's lovely, and and it's uh, and and yeah, it was like 
for years it was like you couldn't listen to that because that that and and it's it's weird because you still get them you know i don't know if it's nostalgia or, or, or what it is but it, you, you you know them songs as you said Gus, it does transport you back to smells places times and and i think i overdose on nostalgia like i i love it because personally you know i i think the, the 90s and taking nothing away from having children and, and stuff like that like, will, will, will probably in hindsight the most fun i ever had and and um yeah and, and and it's quite strange because you know i guess for for all of the 90s really nick we was pretty much side by side in the you know wherever it was wherever it be a, a, a van traveling around the country with all, a load of equipment in it to play gigs or going to clubs or going to gigs uh, or just hanging out it was and, and and music was always there and and i think i look back and i think i've got this kind of weird thing that i think has, has desensitized me from from lots of stuff that was happening there that i was always working and like and whereas everybody else was having fun or trying to have fun and and i think that kind of thing is something that still resonates now in how i approach things and how i get my gratification and 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 validation and and things like that and i look and it's really weird because the people that i surround myself with are people that are complete opposite so mm. you know and and you know for when we was doing bands nick you know use youths were just up for the the fun of it and and doing the gigs and 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 i'd be johnny organized and and it'd always be the same with like the clubs you know everybody had come to my clubs and get drunk and and you know have a dance and whatever but i'd be the one trying to make them dance and and then driving home and so i've kind of got a, the, the, the my reaction to that is that i i don't really know where i'm going with this but i think I wish I would have, I've maybe candy coated like how much fun that was, but I wish I would have had them experiences that lots of my friends had where, you know, for instance, like there'd be times when, you know, we'd, we'd go around uh, our friend's ass and like, and everybody would be smoking weed or, or, you know, taking acid or whatever. And, and I'd turn up and I'd be like, oh, this is well boring. And everyone would just be like, oh, make him go away. And like, and I was like, come on, let's go out. Let's go meet people. Let's go do something. And that was probably just down to my fear of not wanting to come out of my control freak head and do something that might, yeah, where I wouldn't be in control. And I just wish I would have done them things with my mates then because I've never done that. And I, don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not sad about it, but uh, it's just experiences that I wish I'd had, you know, uh, people that I know that went on like, <clears throat> like, um, you know, went to Ibiza in in the early 90s, late 80s and experienced this bohemian euphoria that, you know, I'd never went to a rave in a field like and experienced acid house. And it was like, Oh God, and so many people I know just said, Oh God, yeah, like, and I say I'm being pro drugsy, I'm I'm certainly not. Um, but you know, they were talking about the ecstasy that they were taking in the in the late 90s and, and sorry, late 80s, early 90s, and just having these experiences that kind of defined them uh and defined their 
formative, you know, clubbing years and going out years. And, and I never had that. And again, I'm not moaning about it or sad about it, but I think when I look back nostalgically, it's just at records and youth culture and, and TV and bands and songwriting, but not necessarily the, uh, the kind of, what's the word, like the freeness that you should have at that, you know, and the experimentation. Mm. Like, anyway, actually, like it's funny when you when you what you're saying, and I totally could see that with you. Like even then, uh, is that you're kind of you like you're doing, you're always doing rather than kind of just not and just being sometimes. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, like in, I, in a lot of ways, I jumped into a lot of that kind of stuff. And um, I felt similarly, to be honest. Um, I, I often thought, like, I always struggled to kind of let myself go. I know yeah. it probably didn't always seem that way, but um, I, I, I was in many ways quite similar as well. Whereas, like, I was frightened to really kind of throw myself into anything. And, you know, like, yeah, you could go to this rave, um, but I'd still be me. You know, I'd still be there and I'd still be in my head. Um, and I and I'd almost be kind of it would make me feel shit that I'm not enjoying myself the same way everyone else is. Yeah. And it, and uh, there's probably only like five times in my life really when I feel like I have really been able to let myself go and get into it. Um, and that has normally been because of like booze, normally because of booze. Um, and I, I wonder if a lot of people feel that way. You know, if not if a lot of people actually struggle to kind of throw themselves into things like that, um, whether it's not just me or it's not just you, that's kind of, that's why it was interesting hearing you say that because um, I think a lot of people probably feel that way. They maybe only let themselves go a few times in their lives, really. I, I think that that's probably why we're seeing lots of cocaine uh, yeah, about, yeah. you yeah, know, it's, 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 it's rife. And because, it's that maybe is that extra bit of confidence and that extra little kind of I'm gonna you know it's like any drug isn't it it's gonna sort of take me out of myself a little bit and 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 the inhibitions are gonna drop like what was your kind of um, you know relationship with, with, with not with drugs curse but with like um, you know like have you ever danced like nobody's watching that kind of thing do you know what i mean where you've just gone oh do you know what this is pure euphoria i'm i'm in the moment i'm living this i'm loving this i'm lost in this um and do you think it exists yeah yeah i think so um so i'm just gonna pick up the cat um that, that's not that's not a drug reference by the way <laughs> yeah no there's there's none of that um I think, God, that is such a good question, and that is such such a, 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 an in depth and detailed question. Um, yes, I do, uh, but I can't do it sober. Um, I've never been able to let go and be completely in the moment, and um, you know, kind of succumb to the rhythm of the music, um, unless I've had a few beers or you know whatever drug I used to take at the time. Um, but I think. Um, I think being, you know, you meet these people and they say, I don't need a drink to have a good time. I'm going to be honest. I want to punch them in the face. 
because I'm jealous because I would love to know how it feels to be able to you know be completely authentic and not self-conscious and to be able to genuinely let go and have a good time regardless I mean I I I if I'm in a place where people don't know me so I've been to gig like festivals before now on my own oh. um and I'll you know just get in with the people and just jump around like a lunatic because I don't know anybody and I'm never going to see them again um so I'll be much less self-conscious um but in terms of yeah really being one with the music and not having any kind of uh, accelerant to it um um, that's really sad. I don't think I've actually been out to a gig and experienced it for what it is without yeah. having some kind of enhancement. I find, uh, like, when I, I said, like, probably only happened five times, when I just thought about it, um, playing music, um, I can lose myself when I'm playing music. I can lose myself in, like, very quickly. Like, one or two songs in and I'm and I'm playing and I'm only really thinking about that and I just feel that. Um so yeah, when I'm playing music, I certainly feel they do say that when you're doing creative things, um yeah. it's probably when you're being your most authentic, as in um yeah, the rest of the world doesn't come in when you're when you're in that in that right. zone. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's very true. Um so yeah, when I play music, I certainly feel like even when I play music at home on my own, I can get quite lost in it. Um, do you think? Do you find that like good for your your, your well being? It's it's essential for my well being. Mm. Like that's why I play guitar and I get obsessed with things like that, just because it's it's a it's a really good distraction. Um, but what it gives you. Um, because you're always learning, aren't you? So every time you kind of, you like, I kind of, I'm like, oh, I sound like Nick McCabe today. Uh, and then I feel really good in myself. It feels like I've achieved something, even though I haven't really gone and done anything. And, and that's I, great because you, there's no validation elsewhere for that. You say that, that's, that's, that's for yourself. Like. Yeah. And that's like, that's like, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, doing something you like doing as much as you can that doesn't harm anyone is a really good idea. Mm. But um, creative, doing something creative is amazing for your mental health. It's like, it's a lifesaver. And do you know what? I, I should have researched this stat before we come on today, but I was speaking to somebody a little while ago um, and they said that they always do a bit of singing every day just, you know, to, to for their own sense of well-being. And it was something like singing for 10 minutes every day releases the same amount of endorphins as, I've forgotten what it is, let's say a chocolate bar or something. Um, but I was so, um, so surprised on one hand, but not surprised because I absolutely bloody love singing. I'm no good at it, but there is nothing I love more than when I'm at a gig or in my car. Um, and I'm just absolutely singing along to the top of my voice you know, thinking that I'm Tina Turner. Um, it does, it feels absolutely amazing. And I know that a lot of people join choirs or create choirs for that kind of well-being. And it's also really good because it helps to regulate your breathing. Um, I read that it massages the venous something, venous nerve. 
or vagus nerve vagus nerve i think that's what it is um so yeah singing's incredibly good for you i think nick we need to get some kind of rock choir sorted out in fabric <laughs> let's do it i've always been quite jealous of singers uh because because it does seem like there's real kind of physical outlet you know like it's you know like they, you know if you shout at the top of your lungs it's kind of like a nice release and if you could sing and really kind of wail mm -hmm. like i just think that must feel amazing um so i'm often quite jealous of singers because of that because they just have this real like, actual physical outlet mm -hmm. you know like you know you are like really screaming it out um and I kind of get that with guitar a bit, but uh, I, I was some this like I just think you know quite often in life you need somewhere where where all the crap goes. It kind of has to go somewhere, um, and like I'm not an ang like I'm not very good with anger. I don't necessarily let it out that much, and I tend to let it out on a guitar. And that is kind of quite therapeutic because we do need somewhere to let it out. Exercise is good for that. Mm. But I can't, I can't be doing exercise. Not now, I'm nearly 50. I can't believe that. I can't believe that from either of you, honest to God. It's what? Utterly bonkers. What are we out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's, it's hideous. Um, but there, there's hope for me for when I get to your ripe old age that... Um, still get away with what you guys are getting away with <laughs> still out there doing it That's exactly it um so I've, got, I've got a question i was going to ask um so when you think of each other think of each other now look at each other now and if you were to think of what immediately comes to mind an album or a song boom what comes to mind embrace oh nice i think of nick i think of nick i think of embrace do you know what right I had one of the happiest things happen to me the other day. I got a message from Danny McNamara <laughs> asking if I had any ideas for a Netflix programme that he's getting. Oh, my God. Like, what? It was like, I thought of you, and I wondered if you could recommend any good books, because uh, he's working with someone on Netflix, on Netflix. I'm like, fuck. Uh, yeah, I love... That's funny, actually. Um Whenever I listen to Embrace, I do think of you, actually, Stu, because um, oh. it was mostly on the walk home, that walk home from a pub listening to, like, uh, Higher Sights and... Um, Dry Kids. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was definitely a band that we both really liked, because they were kind of... A lot of people didn't like them. Yeah. But we obviously really loved them. And, um, and I, 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 I listened to quite a bit. I, I would always kind of... It, I mean, Stuart's introduced me to a lot of music, um, but I reckon I'd probably go with R.E.M. With you. Yeah, yeah. Just seems like the most obvious thing, really. If I was to say, sorry, I thought you meant, like, of us being together as friends. Oh, like, okay. What, like, because if I had to say, like, what band makes me think of Nick, this is a verb, obviously. Like, ah, like right, I, would, okay. I wouldn't hesitate in saying that. Um, or possibly Jane's Addiction, but... In regards to shared experiences, then, yeah. then uh, for me, it, it, that that when I hear that record, I think of, of, yeah. of yeah. And when I hear the Verve or anything, anything around then is so entrenched in, like some of the best times I've ever had with. Is that early uh, hymns? Or, no, or... no Northern Soul for me was Nick. Northern, like, Soul. Uh, Northern Soul's my favourite. Um, 
uh, yeah, and I can the minute I hear that, I can picture being in Nick's bedroom and it smelling of like something menthol, like, <laughs> and it being boiling hot where he had have a heater on, and it had like literally the menthol stuff would get in your eyes, and I'd be in his room, and it would be like just so hot, but he had like you had you had like that really terrifying sheep on drugs poster that massive poster on your wall that looked fucking amazing uh and i was talking about that poster the other day um uh and and yeah like they're there that that yeah that uh, but in regards to an album of, of shared experience that the first album by embrace i wasn't particularly fussing anything they'd done after that to be honest but that that first album was when all of a sudden we was in a band together we've been in separate bands for years and years and years and then we got together and we was writing songs and I was putting strings and to broken hearted love songs. And it was, we just wanted to, I think, you know, embrace was a big influence uh, on, on, on our band at that point. And, uh, but we just had, well, you know, we had a better singer though. Um, and uh, basically done what we wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were like bastards. <laughs> singer. Give your singer a shout out. Uh, his name was Lee Webster, and uh, yeah, he's a plasterer in Ireland now. And uh, but uh, but yeah, so we you know we we our, our days would we we I would book gigs all up and down the country, and it would invariably be some some of the uh, any memories of that of them times in a van. All my memories, if I think about them, are between me and Nick, and there'd be the fact that he would shower before he went to bed and then get dressed and then go to bed. And then I would then reverse the, the van onto the drive of his parents' house, climb on the roof and bang on his bedroom window. And then he would come at the house in the clothes that he'd gone to bed in the night before uh, with a toothbrush in your gob. You'd be brushing your teeth. You'd always brush your teeth. Yeah. And then you'd get in there and just as you was getting comfortable, as if you was going to go to sleep, I'd be like, Nick, Get yeah. in the front. You need to tell me where to go. Entertain me. Uh, yeah. I'm driving. Oh, you're not sleeping. But everyone else would be allowed to sleep, but I wouldn't be allowed to sleep. <laughs> but I was quite I was quite good at finding my way around everywhere, which I, I do I still do not know how I knew where to get places. But but, but I, I I do think one of the things that me and you had as well was I always certainly then felt very protective over you and I always like knew that you know you was a bit of a sad soul yeah. and like and I you know and I always felt like quite protective of that over you and and I think I wasn't having the kind of conversations with the rest of the band as I was having with you you know I could talk about the fact that I'd been dumped and you know I was really fucking upset and you know, and I'd, I would never have felt uncomfortable having them conversations with you. And so I think the fact that we had that relationship and an openness during a point where at certain points we thought we was going to make it. And and it was very exciting. And, and yeah, and I just think it's great to be in that situation when you've got somebody that, gets you and understands you when you're up, when you're down, when I'm being neurotic and driven and and control freakish. Nick never dug me out 
or just went because he kind of knew that's who I am. Mm. Uh, and and so, yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, I'm pleased that in them formative years, you know, I had that and had someone like that, you know. So, yeah. I yeah. Like as well. It's funnily enough, right? Yeah, Stuart was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know what? I just think what you... I was. I just knew that, um, like, if someone's got to do it, someone's got to be drive the drive the car. You know, someone's got to be the en- the engine and get it going. Because I I didn't have my shit together to do all that. I was drinking very heavily, and, <laughs> and I was a sad soul. So, and and I and I think if I wasn't with you, I probably wouldn't have done any of that stuff. Mm. You know, like. Um, as a friend, you were, yeah, you put your arm around me and bring me along. And um, I wouldn't have had that otherwise. I probably wouldn't have had any of those experiences otherwise. Mm. So it's so important. And, like, yeah, and, you know, and I can't thank you enough for all of that. Because it is and, that's the time when we had our best times, wasn't it? Definitely. Definitely. And I think, and, and to go full circle, every single possible one of them experiences on any given moment within any hour we would have spoke about a band we would have talked about writing a song we would have talked about a gig we would have talked about music 100% all the way and how important it is and and continues to be you know if I you know I still buy records and I still you know look forward to if I've got to drive somewhere, what I'm going to listen to, you know, I'm a podcaster and I've got a magazine about podcasts, but I rarely listen to podcasts because at any given time (laughs) when I get that moment, I can listen to my favorite records. I can listen to, you know, I'm at home on my own working day. I'll put six music on. I'll hear some new music and like, and yeah, like it's, it's, it's everything, you know, to echo what, what, what. Funnily enough, I'm exactly the same. I don't like if I, because I'm like, kids are in and everything I don't get the same time to listen to music like I used to just listen to music all the time so now when I do I really cherish it so I, I listen to music when I like walk the dog or when I'm in the car or on my bike um I don't really listen to music much at home so yeah I don't really listen to podcasts for exactly the same reason it's like if I've got this opportunity I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna listen to something I love well I think we've hit the hour point. So, I mean, should we start to to wrap it up because it's it's oh. been a it's been a lovely little now, yeah. and it, it's been heavy on nostalgia. Yeah, um, and and yeah, and I, I look forward to to doing this again. And uh, and and thanks, uh, Nick, for turning up as well. Uh, it's lovely to have your uh, guest in here, and and Nick Hogburn as well. Uh, lovely to uh, and, and thanks for giving up your time to come and and chat about music i knew it'd be uh, an easy natter um if uh, if you came along and 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 if people want to check out uh, your podcast um tell us what all about it uh it's called the mouth of manliness and it is basically everywhere um it's about mental health we have guests on and we talk about our feelings uh and share tips and uh learn from each other i guess uh, yeah, out every week. Did you yeah, say share so. tips, or I thought you said chips, and I just thought, oh, that sounds Some great. Share <laughs> chips. Um, you can't share chips in the same way since lockdown. <laughs> 
So we just say uh, tips. Yeah, stick with tips. Um, well, okay. Um, I guess we can. Yeah, we can say we can say goodbye to each other. Um, and and thanks loads everyone for for making this first reach out pod chat lovely. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you guys. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Do you want to press stop, Kirst?